Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm Silwan, great to be with you today. I've spent the last few days here in Gary, Indiana, place I was born many years ago in Methodist Hospital. As I had time to drive around after class during the lunch hour, I was struck how in many ways Gary is emblematic of so much that has gone on in our country when it comes to race and freedom. Gary was founded by U.S. Steel in 1906. You heard that right. It was founded by a company. Even though it's near Chicago and right off the coast of Lake Michigan, at the time it was mainly farmland. U.S. Steel wanted to put a factory on the coast of Lake Michigan to utilize it for steel production. So, to have a place for workers and infrastructure, they built a city. Even today, I ate lunch at the Great Lakes Cafe. Got some biscuits and gravy. It was awesome. Some of the best eggs and bacon I've ever had prepared at a cafe. It was that good. It's right by U.S. Steel. And even today, U.S. Steel, four miles deep, seven miles wide, 28 square miles, maybe more, a factory. And in 1906, that company built a city. Now, as the American economy grew, World War II, the 50s and 60s, Gary grew. Grew with wealth. Many people came. It eventually got almost 200,000 people. Now, in spite of the wealth, in spite of the growth, Gary, even though it was in Indiana, became a segregated city. And that's where the problems started. The problems that would rear the consequences of its ugly face many years later. It was segregated. Now, the the part of town that was mostly black was called the Central District. It was the black district of town. Segregated that even into the 70s, if you were a black police officer, you were only allowed to work in the Central District. In 1967, Gary was one of the first cities to elect a black mayor. Name was Richard Hatcher. Now, when this happened... It accelerated a white flight that had begun in the early 1960s. Towns that did not exist prior to then were created for the whites leaving the city. Maryville, Indiana being the primary one. Now as this happened, as the whites left, at the same time, tragically, the steel industry began to contract especially in Japan, taking our technology, building factories over there, 
producing steel cheaper, steel industry began to lose jobs. So as the people left, as the steel industry contracted and those jobs left, Gary went from its heyday where it was almost 200,000 people to where it's at today at about 75,000 people. It's remarkable driving around row after row, block after block of empty buildings. And not just ordinary homes, stunning homes. Homes that were built, no doubt, in the 40s and 50s and early 60s by executives, people in the community who made a lot of money off what was it, a booming economy then. And just magnificent homes, overgrown. I mean, there are parts of Gary you drive around and it's like you entered a forest and an entire block is overgrown with trees and weeds and shrubs. And you look back through them and you can see homes. And I'm telling you, you, you got to see it to experience it. Not just ordinary homes. I mean some awesome homes. Homes that architecturally you would look at them and go, my God, I'd love to live in a house like that. What happened? What are the lessons to learn from that? Well, I think they're lessons that are hard to hear on either side. It's why it's so hard to talk about race. We all want to make it somebody else's problem, but it's all of our problems. It's our problem. It's the white community's problem. It's the black community's problem. Racism, poverty, they're complicated issues. Now, let's go back to the beginnings. What were the beginnings of the problem? It was segregation. It was whites not wanting to live with blacks. It was, in a sense, setting up two cities, two economies within the city that rose out of nowhere. Now, as that happened, there was no communication between the two. There was no sense of this is our city. It, was, it is their part of the city and is our part of the city. And then when the whites didn't feel like they could keep the blacks in their place, they left. So if we're honest, the white community started this. But then what happened? There's some responsibilities for the way Gary is today on both sides. When the black community was left with the city, even to this day, the population of Gary is over 80% African-American. What did they do? What did they do? Well, they made some bad choices. They made some bad investments. Maybe, one might argue, they spent too much time blaming the people that had left instead of asking themselves, what are we going to do with what is left? Because what's remarkable when you drive around Gary today and you see the blight is how much of it is literally just filth. It's just stuff that's been left. I mean, there's a church, city church, United Methodist Church, downtown Gary. At its heyday in the late 50s, early 60s, had 3,000 members. As the whites left, it was left with a 
congregation of about 300, and in 1975, it closed down. You could tell it was a magnificent limestone structure, huge church. There was a school in there. Now it's crumbling. The roof has fallen, and it's just left there. And all around Gary, you see homes falling apart. And One thing that struck me as I drove around, what a beautiful city. You know, what's interesting about Gary is it's right by the Indiana Dunes. And you go to the Indiana Dunes, some of the most magnificent sand dunes really in the whole world. Well, those dunes extended miles inland, and Gary was built on those dunes. You have to go a foot or two into the ground to get below sand. You know, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been hard over the last 40 years, 50 years, to tear down some of those homes that were abandoned to reveal the nature. I mean, there are parts where it's unintended. You go down a block and you're by a park and there are all these hills and the trees are overgrown. And you could just tell it it would look almost like a paradise if you had just ripped the homes down. But after 40 years, they didn't. They left them. And see, that's a choice. That's a choice to keep your environment as a reminder of what was taken from you, how you were treated 40, 50 years ago, yet those people are gone. The people that treated you that way are gone. And there's a choice to make, and it hasn't been made. And see, that gets to the nub of what is so hard about racism. It leaves lasting scars. There's reality, there's truth to it. Gary, Indiana of the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s was racist. It made black people second-class citizens. It segregated the city, yet when the whites left and the city was left to the blacks, they had a choice. How they were going to live, what they were going to do with the city. In my opinion... They were taken advantage of by some of their own leaders, by some of the own people that would say they wanted to help them. But instead of moving forward and making better decisions, they allowed these structures of racism to just stand there as a reminder as what had been instead of tearing them down and moving forward. And what are we left with? Scars, pain, regret. Now I say all that and this has been some of the most remarkable time I've spent teaching a class anywhere. The people in Gary are awesome. There's a depth to them you don't find in a lot of places. There's a seriousness to them. You don't find in a lot of places. They're the people that want to be here. They got roots here. They wish their city was a different place. They wish their city wasn't an asterisk. You know, back in the 90s, it was the murder capital of the United States. As they half-jokingly put in class, we don't have as much murders anymore because, ah, well, there's not as many people. They've gone. But my God, the ones that are here, the one to hold on, They want to write a different story. They want to create a different ending. And I love them. 
you know, when you grow up and you're surrounded by poverty, by desolation, by what used to be, I think life kind of takes on a seriousness and an importance. You, re- you, you live to survive. Relationships become important. There's a depth to this life. There's a depth to these people. There's so much history. There's a great people that live here in Gary. You know, I was given a book, and it was about the history of the Central District, was the, which was the primarily African-American district and the businesses that were there. And what's interesting, looking at that, you could see that they succeeded as the city grew just as much as the whites did. You can. You can see it in the pictures. Now, there was the enmity. There was the racism. There were the things they had to overcome. You look through this book and you see the pictures of the schools. You see the pictures of the kids playing Little League, of the businesses. It's an inspiring thing. And then the whites left, the money left, the steel mill laid off people, which meant even more money left and investment left, and the city was devastated. I think those left behind were told the wrong story. They were given the wrong direction. The focus was on what they had lost. The focus was on the empty buildings, the things that we couldn't get back. Instead of, let's just tear it down and start over. U.S. still came here in 1906, put down some concrete and some home and some buildings and created a city. Well, you know what? Why don't we do the same thing? Why don't we look in the mirror and look at the gift that we have been given? A life where we live every day understanding that if you build your values on wealth and shiny things, it might crumble and go away. But if you build your value on depth and on strength and on family, well, maybe you can create something new. And I see a city like Gary and I realize they have an opportunity. They have an opportunity to write a different story. They have an opportunity to, in a sense, tear it all down and start over. And so many of the men and women I have met while I visited here want to do that. I pray that they will do that. I pray that they will accomplish that. Because you know what? We're going to need that. A government trillions of dollars in debt. A country divided voluntarily segregated, everybody pointing fingers at each other, laying blame. Yet all of us forgetting we choose whether we make good choices or bad choices. We choose whether we burn down buildings or we build them up. We choose whether we shoot people or we give them life. We choose whether we live in truth or whether we live in envy and greed and jealousy. I hope we made a difference these few days in Gary. I hope we were able to further inspire all the good people I met who want to build this community to continue on that path and that I was able to give them tools to help them transform what their forefathers left to them. Now more than ever, we need an example 
of a community, of a people willing to tear down the symbolism of the old that is filled with pain and regret and the worst of us and to rebuild it with the best of us. I was driving around lunch and one of my new friends in the class, a sergeant, told me I should head out to Marquette Park right on Lake Michigan. And I did, and I made my way. And I drove by more abandoned buildings, schools that had been shut down and were overgrown with trees and just left there. But at the end of my journey, I came upon one of the most magnificent city parks you'll ever see. Hilly, magnificent structures built out of stone, built in the 20s and 30s, right on a crystal blue lake, off in the distance, the skyline of Chicago, an expansive beach, grass, trees, playgrounds. It was incredible. And I said to myself, that's how I'm going to remember Gary, Indiana, the place I was born, the place that decades later I had the honor to come and conduct a leadership class that hopefully might be a little spark in the renewal and the rejuvenation of this community. That park would be the envy of any town in this whole nation. That's what Gary is to me. Hope. Renewal. A place to be reborn. A place where we're willing to tear down the old and build the new in an image that we were created to be. As God's creatures, no matter how dark it gets, I always believe hope is just around the corner. Hope is just over the horizon. Hope is what you find when you wake up from a bad night and open your eyes and take a shower and face the day. As bad and as tragic as the history of Gary, Indiana has been, I leave here filled with hope, filled with promise, grateful to meet some of the most incredible men and women I've ever met, people of depth, of seriousness, who understand the consequences of life and the choices we make, united in the desire to rebuild and remold and rewrite the story of a city that for too long has been an asterisk of what's bad in our world. And they want to make it an asterisk of what's good in this world. Gary, I'm on your side. I love you, Gary. It was awesome seeing the hospital I was born in, the church my dad went to as a boy, the high school that my father graduated from, the beach that generation of children have played upon that to this day, no doubt, is one of the coolest parks in any city in the country that I've ever traveled to. 
May your promise blossom. May your children grow in a community that one day becomes a light to the possibilities within all of us, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've lost, no matter how we've been wronged, we always have a choice to move forward, to rebuild, and to start over. So until next time, my friends, I want you to aim high. Spread your wings. Maybe make a trip to Gary, Indiana. Spend some money in this fine community. Visit Marquette Park. Look at the beach. Look at the pavilion. Be blown away by it. Eat at Great Lakes Cafe. You will not find a finer biscuits and gravy in the United States. Eggs done just right. Bacon cooked perfectly. A piping hot cup of coffee. And keep your eyes on the things that matter. I'm your host, Silouan. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.